You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Easy money on the Chiefs yesterday, brother. Easy money. Yeah, I took the Chiefs in the over in a parlay, so I lost. And if the if the Niners would have scored a touchdown on their final drive to go ahead, I would have hit the final quarter of a box pool. So, yeah, I did not have a good day in terms of the uh, wagering. But yeah, no, gr- great, uh, great Super Bowl. I thought great game, good halftime show. Good, you know, decent commercials. The commercials aren't what they used to be. I, I long for the days before YouTube and. You know, the Internet where every social media, where everything got gets released uh, beforehand and, and nothing's really a surprise. I, I really do. I love I, one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl was the commercials. I mean, the Budweiser frogs, you know, and, and the, the what's up guys like, you know, those were iconic, iconic uh, advertising campaigns. So, you know, a little bit disappointed on that end, but yeah, great game. I mean, uh, Andy Reid gets his first Super Bowl, man, like amazing, you know, almost a little emotional. I, I don't know how much people know about him that listen to our podcast, but, you know, obviously I'm from Philly. I'm an Eagles fan. So he was the coach of our franchise for numerous years. And, uh, you know, he, he lost a son to uh, drug addiction. Both of his sons had a drug problem. Uh, an opioid problem, which is, you know, obviously a major issue uh, in our country in general. But uh, he lost one of his sons uh, actually at Eagles training camp uh, to a drug overdose. And, yeah, you know, I mean, sad story. I remember that story when it broke, and and I thought about that a lot yesterday. I saw some stories involved in that in the Super Bowl coverage. So, yeah, really uh, really happy for Andy Reid to have that moment. And, uh, yeah, it was a good game. Do you remember that commercial with the office linebacker? <clears throat> Tell me a little more. Where the guys are just like, and it's just in a regular office, and it's like phones ringing, and there's just like everybody's just doing their thing, and then somebody like doesn't refill the coffee, and the linebacker comes and he like completely takes the guy out. He starts celebrating and he starts going, "You gotta refill the coffee, Doug." <laughs> you don't remember? Yeah, that? yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. You could YouTube it. It's one of my absolute favorites. But uh, hey, uh, I, you know what? This was the first year that I actually enjoyed the halftime show. And you could probably take two guesses why. But the, um, they did play a lot of like old school uh, music from like when I was younger and probably college days and even in high school from J- JLL. But it, it, I felt like this year was the first year of the halftime show. They didn't really try to like completely go over the top. Like they actually just kind of just focused on like the music and the dancing, and they didn't try to bring out some stupid shit they normally would, like uh, a lion or like sharks and outfits and and just stupid shit they normally would do. I think this halftime show was actually a pretty good one, to be honest with you. And it's not because the Shakira is like just absolutely like amazingly like hot, but. Oh, I mean, well, like, what did you think in general of the halftime show? It's kind of been a topic. I'm, I'm not a big halftime show guy. I, I'm kind of specific, specific to what I would like to see. I mean, you know, certainly not what I would curate if I were picking the music for a halftime show. But, uh, 
<laughs> you know, it was milk mil for the halftime show. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, not this year. Maybe when Philly was involved, that would have been dope. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I just um, I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention to it. My 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 cousin, who is an absolute degenerate, and had bets on every prop you could possibly imagine. Uh, he he just. He was a fury of activity at halftime. That's all I can say. I mean, he ran around my living room like a tornado uh, of of degenerate proportions. And, you know, it was just – he wouldn't stop. So, yeah, I didn't really get to pay much attention to it. But, you know, good game, like I said. Happy for Andy Reid. And, uh, you know, ra- sad time, though, Rob, because the football season wraps up. But bowling season is in full effect, Rob. And major February is here. So we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to get into, uh, a lot of action in the next few weeks, a lot of big action, a lot of big money action, Rob. 100 G's on the line this weekend on the show. Mm. Yeah, um, and I hear that it's a, um, a very special anniversary, Mike. Is, uh, am, am I right about that? Or, uh, you know, it I is, know, it uh, is, it is. Uh, we should we should have say happy anniversary to each other. Uh, it's pretty much the one year anniversary of Sweep the Rack. Uh, I believe we we release our first episode uh, around January thirty first uh, of two thousand nineteen. So it's been over a year that, that we kind of been kicking it here on the podcast. Hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, great. It's awesome. You know, it's great. I'm, I feel like we've we've uh, stuck with it. And, yeah, I, I think that we'll be here for a little while. So I think there's a few more anniversaries to come. Yeah, I can't believe it, man. It's one year already. I feel like we've been doing this thing a lot longer. Doesn't it feel that way? I mean. Yeah, so my, to, to speak to that, uh, you know, we were on the phone earlier and we were talking about how it was our uh, one-year anniversary. And my wife happened to hear the conversation. And from her end, she heard me say, oh, yeah, it's our one-year anniversary. And uh, she was definitely took notice of that. And she was, she was pissed off because I, she, she took it as me remembering the Sweep the Rack anniversary when I often fail to remember our own anniversary or her birthday or perhaps my kids' birthdays because I'm just bad with dates and things of that nature. But – uh yeah, she definitely was kind of pissed off at me. I think I'm in the doghouse right now, Rob. Well, you're gonna to have to get some uh, flowers and uh, some some candy or whatever you married people do to make it up to their loved ones. I don't. I'm not really. The, I'm the last person you probably want to ask about some marriage advice and how to get out of the doghouse. So. Yeah, no, I wouldn't ask you. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, happy anniversary. Uh, sweep the rack. Big things. Same. Cheers, Rob. And, uh, Cheers. yeah, man, we, it, we keep it moving, you know. I think, I think yeah. this, is, uh, this is something that both of us would, would uh, envision in the long haul. So, all good. As long as yeah. there's bowling going on, sweep the rack will be going on. Yes, Rob? Yeah, I, I should get a shirt for a one-year anniversary that says, uh, we're going to keep it here moving, Rob. Or, uh, all right, Rob. Like, <laughs> you know, I just have a sweep the rack logo. It says, all right, we're, we're going to keep it moving for the people. That's <laughs> but that would yeah. be like your quote. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess I guess the appropriate question is, uh, 
what's what's your favorite moment from the mm. first year of uh of sweep the rack honestly like i put some thought into this because there there actually was some some amazing moments uh and, and just a couple of like minor moments uh one when uh we had uh joe stillman on and we we did the 710 story i think was probably uh one of my uh top three moments uh the second moment was when we uh when Bill was getting all pissed in his first interview with him because he thought we were roasting him, not interviewing him. Um, but my favorite moment, and if you haven't heard this, I, I really like to uh, put like maybe a greatest moments uh, clip on the, our uh, pot, on our like iTunes was when we interviewed Norm Duke, and he told us that he fixes the apartments or the condos in his community, and. Uh, I think it was maybe me who who called him the Miyagi of bowling because Miyagi was a handyman. Uh, we were just laughing because it was just probably one of my, and look, Norm Duke, I've been on record saying Norm Duke is my favorite bowler of all time. Uh, and he's like one of my, uh, like as a kid, he was my favorite growing up. To have him on the podcast and then to call him Miyagi was like an all-time high for me as a fan and a uh, host of this podcast. So that is my favorite moment, calling Norm Duke the Miyagi of bowling and then telling him, like, could you imagine, and I remember saying this, remember, imagine having your, like, fridge broke and you're like a bowler and then Miyagi, and then Miyagi, and then Norm Duke shows up to your front door with a handyman bell and the helmet. Like, to me, that was, like, the funniest, like, yeah. image I could ever imagine. So that was my favorite moment, Mike, uh, what was yours? Hopefully it wasn't it was one of those moments that I just said. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I asked you for one moment, and you give me three. Mike, and... there's been so many great moments, though, on these shows, though. I mean, you got to admit. Yeah, like, like, really good and not only do you give three, you give, like, three of the, the absolute best you could think of, and now I'm like, <laughs> oh, where do I go now? Like, he just gave the best three, I think. So I just said one, but whatever, that's cool. I'm only going to give one. And since Rob already used most of the ones that would, you, would, you would use if you were only using one, oh, there's uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that my favorite moment from the first year of Sweep the Rack was the preview episode that we did for the PBA playoffs. Mm. Just because, uh, I mean, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint uh, for, for the show, you know, that, that show really took a lot of work and things almost didn't work out and they worked out at the last second. And, uh, we were able to get everybody that we needed to put together an awesome show. And I think some of the interviews were really, were really great because these guys were going into bowling for a hundred grand. And, you know, I recall like, like Chris Prather who ended up winning telling us that, uh, you know, he had a dream that he was going to win and that they were going to, you know, use this money for th some things. So it, I just think they were really, really good interviews and it was an awesome show. Like to have all four guys from the semifinal on plus Randy Peterson. Uh, yeah. I kind of, I, I just enjoyed that show, enjoyed those conversations. It all came together. And you know, I just uh, think that was one of my favorite episodes in terms of the behind the scenes and putting it together and, being excited about what we had and being excited about everything working out. And like I said, being able to, to get all of those guys on one show. And, and I felt like there was a connection where, okay, yeah, we're doing a preview for, for this particular event. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I kind of feel like that almost put us 
uh, on the map a little bit. And uh, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of things the last year that's put us on the map and some really good shows and then some controversial moments uh, to say the least. Uh, But putting that together was an amazing episode. And I remember like kind of cutting it together and pasting it and and editing it after and was just like, kind of like, I can't believe we just pulled that off kind of like mindset. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. That's uh, why I would say that's my favorite. Like I said, from the behind the scenes aspect anyway. Yeah. But Miyagi is uh, Norm Duke is Miyagi. (laughs) Whenever I'm in a bad mood, I just think of him showing up with a fucking helmet on like, and it just kills me a handyman helmet. Anyway, (laughs) uh cracks myself up okay. with that um, so uh rob we we want to uh keep keep it moving here and we want to get into some uh bowling news for the week you know there's there's a couple things that we want to touch on and uh the first of those is that the pba announced rob that there are two new cities for the pba league which means two new teams in the pba league we already knew about the teams we didn't know uh, what cities, but they announced the cities, and those cities are Milwaukee and Las Vegas, Rob. You, you know why this is really important, and it's not because of, of two new cities. One, it, first off, it symbolizes growth in the PBA in a kind of weird, small kind of way. Uh, adding two teams is better than taking two teams, right? Um, and the second reason is one, you're going to have a lot more bowlers that are going to be drafted now. So it opens up a bunch more spots for people who normally wouldn't have got drafted to get drafted. So if that's an important point too in uh, them announcing two, two new cities. Yeah, it's cool. I like that it's expanding. You know, I think the more teams, the better. Um, you know, I think especially if there's there's room at Bayside and they think that it works schedule wise, then it's definitely something to uh, to promote there. I, I wonder how they're going to get those teams off to uh, you know an even playing field when a lot of the other teams are allowed to keep two players. So they're definitely, I would imagine, going to be choosing from a limited field. Uh, but yeah, I, I find it really interesting. I like we we did some stuff on previous episodes about the PBA league and, you know, kind of where, where we think they could go with it or different ideas. And um, yeah, I just think it's a really interesting concept. I think it's something they definitely need to continue to, to promote and, and go to Bayside, put the time into it, you know, enjoy that atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. They're actually, I think uh, asking people to submit name suggestions for the teams as well. So I don't really know too much about Milwaukee, you know, Vegas, I know a little bit about, but, um, not enough to really suggest names for those teams, but uh, yeah, exciting stuff. So, so we'll see two more teams. And like you said, Rob, we'll see more people in the PBA league this year. So that's always uh, a positive that, you know, more spots, more people getting drafted, more faces that we'll get to see uh, throughout that event. So look forward to that as well. Uh, Mike, Rob, what about, what about the Vegas castaways? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> And in, in, in honor of the old showboat, the Castaways Hotel and Casino, where all the big money gambling went down and the world famous Monster Burger. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I think I could probably come up with something better. I know. But, I just threw it out there. Yeah. 
place was kind of a dump, to be honest. But it was terrible. <laughs> but some well, of the best moments in high roller history was in that building. Yeah, no, but listen, I have like super high standards about where I stay, even from when I was a kid. And because uh, I grew, you know, just, I, I don't know, I just never really liked staying in a place that I found to be unappealing. And yeah, I just remember that specifically about one of my trips out there was that, yeah, the yeah. accommodations were, uh, we're not up to snuff as far as I was concerned. But yeah, always a fun time. Always a fun time. Uh, Rob, uh, Tournament of Champions this week, first major of the season kicks off. Uh, I'm excited. 100 G's up top, Rob. Mm. Yeah. I'm interested to see how the first two uh, – tournaments of the year or there's the three tournaments have like shaped up for this tournament to see if people that have been hot right at the beginning of the year uh like kind of roll over to the major um or if it's going to be completely like four or five new people uh that we haven't seen uh but I, i'm i mean mike do you have any favorites or or you just kind of want to see what qualifying looks like or i mean what are you thinking well I mean, in terms of favorites, how do you how do you not like Belmo for a spot on the show? I mean, you, yeah. you, we all understand that he seems to raise his game to to a a different level when the majors come around. Uh, Chris Barnes and Tommy Jones, right, have both made two shows. Uh, Tommy has a three hundred on TV and a title already this year. Chris shot two sixty eight or two sixty nine in a title match just on Saturday that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I think those two guys uh, w- wouldn't be surprised at all. And, uh, I also think Rob that, you know, they, they go into a different bowling alley, right? They've been moving around. It was dual patterns. Now it's not. And I, I really do think that all of these, uh, factors have a big influence on who's going to make a run or who's going to make the show. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody and I don't have a name off the top of my head or I haven't gone this deep with the research uh, about where they're bowling this week, but I'm sure there's a couple guys in the field this week who traditionally have good looks in this bowling center and are confident in this bowling center. And, you know, I think that that can sometimes contribute to, to uh, somebody making a run and finding a spot on the show, you know, even if they haven't been hot so to speak, in the first few weeks. So, uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, though. I'm, I'm excited to watch. I can't wait for the first major of the year, you know, especially for 100000 up top. You know, they're, they're, here, here's what I want to see, Rob. Is there going to be the same kind of energy around this show this weekend where there was with the PBA playoffs for 100000 That's what I want to see. I want to see that energy. I want it to be there. You know, if there's any way that that sweep the rack can contribute to it, uh, we will. Hey, Rob, maybe preview show, maybe preview show later this week, uh, depending on what our schedule looks like. Maybe people can watch out for that. But yeah, I'm just uh, really excited for the first major of the year, and and now we're getting into this this course of the season, how they set the schedule up, where there's going to be several majors in a row uh, that are going to be worth some serious money. So uh, yeah, excited for this this part of the season, no doubt. Yeah, kind of what you're talking about reminds me of uh, a point that P.J. Haggerty made in his last uh, interview with us about how uh, on the West Coast, when him bowling a lot of the regionals, he knows the bowling centers uh, just by bowling there and taking notes on on, on the centers. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, most of not all of the pros going from tournament to tournament have notes uh, now, especially with phones where they would just take notes on every bowling alley they bowl in their whole career. And then you could kind of flip back because the house tendencies play so much of a factor in the shot and how you play them. And it's not just the shot they put out, but it's the bowling alley and how it plays. So yeah, that's a good point though. Like who has had, who has had success in this house before and uh, we'll, we'll see if that plays into it, but yeah, crazy amount of uh, majors coming in and a Mike, what a great time to get hot, right? As a bowler, this is like, if you're going to get hot, this is right. This is the time you want to get hot is right now. True. So, uh, Rob, let's speak about some hot bowlers. Uh, I got to be careful what I say there. Uh, hot in the sense of bowling well lately. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the tournament that just took place over the weekend, uh, the J- the Jonesboro Open. Uh, Kyle Troop comes away with the win, Rob. Yeah, I kind of feel like even though Kyle Troop came away with the win, I feel like Chris Barnes was probably the the talk, if not the the main factor on this show. And you know how sometimes you, you win even though you're taking a loss? I feel like Chris Barnes took a win on this show even though he didn't win the tournament. I mean, he he put on an amazing performance on this show. You know, to and and he tweeted out, you know, that some sometimes you don't lose, the other guy wins, and, and it's the truth. In this case, I mean, he bowled an excellent game, did everything that you would have thought he needed to do uh, to win the title, and yeah, Kyle just wasn't going to be denied, man. And for the record, I, I don't want to hear any more talk at all in the bowling world about Chris Barnes not being a clutch player. The guy has made. At least the last three telecasts, he's struck in so many big frames and big shots on TV bowling matches. He's doubled so many times to win, thrown so many good shots. I don't want to hear that talk. That's nonsense. The guy is what is is just but, his complete. But Rob, Rob, hold on. That doesn't erase what's happened in the past, right? And. You know, it would be interesting. I would love to have him on again. We had him on once. You can go back and listen to the episode if you want. It was a great interview. Um, But I'd love to have him on again because, honestly, Rob, I want to know what's changed because you're right. I mean, it's it's like night and day. You know, when when he gets up there, it seems like he has ultimate confidence that he's going to make the shot and, you know, and and put himself in a position to win. You know, that whole match with Kyle Troop, like, the vast the, the the vast majority of Barnes' shots were were strike or lose, and he just kept striking and striking and just kept leaning on Kyle, leaning on Kyle, and and seeing if he was going to make a mistake. And to Kyle's credit, he didn't. You know, he came through. And the 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 match with AJ Johnson was much the same, Rob, until AJ Johnson made, and, and this is my opinion, made a somewhat errant shot late in the game. It looked like he got a little slow. Uh, late in the game and left that three six ten and that gave Barnes the opening that that he needed and that he was looking for, but yeah, you're right, man. I mean, kudos to him. He he performed in the clutch numerous times on this show, numerous shots. I mean, shot for shot when he really needed them. So that was really impressive to see. 
But, you know, Rob, there's a history there. So I would definitely, you know, be interested to ask if something has changed. You know, he, is it getting elected to the Hall of Fame? Is it where he's at in his career? Because he, you know, maybe he feels like he, there aren't too many opportunities left or he's making the most of them. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but I'd be really interested to ask that question. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel like it's just one of those things where he's not thinking as much as I think in Barnes is just in my opinion, and I could be completely off here. Barnes is just so much of a thinker that he tends to overthink a lot what's going on. And when you know that could lead to Aaron shots because you're just kind of thinking too much. So, yeah, I'd really love to, I would love to hear from him and, and see what has changed mentally. Um, but I do need to vent for like a minute on something that happened during the match that I've been on Facebook and Twitter and just reading some of these comments um, about the A.J. Johnson-Barnes match when they were kind of going at each other. And uh, A.J. Johnson, who, by the way, is turning into my like new favorite bowler. Um, mm. Dude, I love this kid, man. Like he was, he was getting so hype and he was starting to talk a little bit of shit. And then Barnes, look, Barnes ain't taking that. Barnes is going to come back at you. Uh, he's definitely not. He's, he'll come back at you talking shit. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was probably one of the best matches I've watched in a, in a while, just in that like sense of them talking shit to each other. But then I go on Facebook and I go on Twitter and I'm thinking like it's going to, you know, people are going to love the match. And then all I hear is from these like, I, I don't want to like stereotype the people who were, who were commenting on this match. I, I heard people calling it classless and uh, this is bad for bowling. And, uh, the, you know, this is not for bowling. And, and I, I, Mike, it's taken me all my willpower not to kind of get into an online fight because of these people who just are so scared and just so uptight and don't understand like that. This is entertaining. When I talk entertaining, Mike, and I, I do, I preach this all the time on air when we talk, Mike, that AJ Johnson, Chris Barnes match was the most entertaining match I've watched in a very long time because I, and I, if AJ would have thrown that ninth instead of going through the nose, Mike, the business that he would have gave Barnes would have been off the charts and it would have been amazing to watch. And I was praying for him to strike just so I could see him give it back to Barnes after Barnes gave it to him. Now, unfortunately that didn't happen, but man, AJ Johnson just brings it out of everybody. And the kid is, is all, I love the kid on TV and an AJ Johnson uh, troop match would have been just as, as great as, as Barnes troop was. So uh, I, it was entertaining. So I, I was a happy camper, Mike, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought uh, the general hypeness of that match was was awesome. Uh, seemed like Doctor Barnes was a little grouchy on the show to me a little bit. Uh, def- definitely brought the grouchiness with him. He wasn't going to let the young man uh, pipe up in any way. He was going <laughs> to respond to that immediately, and uh, yeah, I, I took note of that. So yeah, that was a great match and. You th- I think about like, okay, mentally, you know, did, did AJ Johnson kind of peak too early in the match mm. where he decided to, to, you know, let an, let an explosion of emotion out at that point. And I wonder, it, you know, would that have been better served later in the game? Uh, 
I feel like he had to regather himself and remind himself to come back down, you know, and, and listen, I'm, I'm just watching the way I you know, normally watch, but the shots after he had that, that emotional outburst and after that little back and forth, those shots seemed like the fastest shots of the game that he threw to me. They were good shots, but they, they seemed very, very, they were piped up. And then it seemed to me like he almost calmed himself down mentally to go and, and throw that shot that ended up going high. And that one seemed slower to me somewhat. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for the emotion. I'm all for the emotion, but you know, I think also like you got to be careful and it's got to be at the right time because if you, you know, you can, I think sometimes you can put your foot all the way to the pedal and show that emotion the whole time so that you're a full go but it's, it's hard to control certain aspects of your game when you're in that mindset. But, uh, yeah, I love the emotion too, man. I love the back and forth. You know, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great match, entertaining match. It was shot for shot. Um, you know, so yeah, re- really couldn't ask for more. So Barnes wins, goes on, takes on Kyle Troop. Kyle Troop shoots 290. Uh, bulls, a, a absolutely ridiculous game, Rob. I mean, that if, if he would have had that right lane down from the start, he shoots 300, no question. Yeah, and for, for like, what is I saw the average on for the final match of the TV this year has been, I think, what is it? it was like 293. <laughs> if you're going to win a PBA title this year, you better, uh, you better come with a big number. I know, which is amazing stat because just do the fact of one, Mike, dual patterns, right? Two, a bunch of two-handers have been all over the place, right, on both sides of the lane. The urethanes, the, uh, the lights of the TV, the commercial breaks. That's an unbelievable stat if you really put all of the like, details together on the final match. Um, it just shows you that the, the pros have been doing a good job breaking down the TV pair lanes. Uh, and how great of just bowling there's been. I'm talking like shot making. Uh, there's probably the best season so far that I've seen in a really long time of these pros just making shots, like really good shots. Mike, how many really bad shots have we really seen in the last few in the last few uh, title matches? I mean, it just seems to be a lot of a lot of that going on, which is great. Yeah, not not many. And I, honestly, I just think it speaks to how good these guys are. I mean, they're that good. You know, these guys are that good that they will figure it out. They will they will get it done. You know, when you put people behind them that have a good co- idea and concept of what's going on, and you give them that advanced information, and you help them figure it out in the, in the quickest way possible. You know, now, granted, you're not always going to be right. You're not always going to be correct, right? We we see – I mean, even on this show, like, Belmonte bowled a subpar game, no? I mean, yeah, especially I, for what you expect from him. So, like, sure. you, you still you still see it where things just don't seem to, to, to go right, and occasionally you see somebody who's completely lost. But, yeah, most of the time when you give these guys that kind of information and, and help them figure it out, in the quickest way possible, that's going to be the result. You know, somebody is going to, is, is going to absolutely crush them. And not to mention these have all occurred in the title matches where 
you know, these guys are upping their their focus and their mental game another level when they're bowling for these titles. So, you know, they're going out and and trying to to execute to the highest level every shot. And I think the the increased scores is is a result of that. But I don't I don't think that it'll keep up with that pace the whole the whole season. I think the things will kind of average out by the end. But yeah, it's definitely made for some some awesome drama. Uh, at least a few of the first uh, three tournaments, right? You had the Tommy Jones 300 this week. You had a shot for shot 269 to 290, which start with, and it starts with the 36710 conversion. So yeah, I mean, just awesome drama in terms of the uh, bowling. So uh, yeah. Rob, it was a great show. You know, like we said, we can't wait to see what what happens with the TOC this week. Uh, everybody should check it out. You know, check out qualifying. You know, it's a limited field this week. Um, they did have a PTQ because I don't think they filled the field, but uh, everybody should check it out on Flow Bowling. Watch the qualifying, watch the match play as it boils down to the show. And uh, yeah, Rob, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll jump on and and give a little preview of the show before uh, before this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, let's see what happens and uh, see how the show looks and see, you know what if there's any good storylines that uh, we could talk about. And yeah, we'll we'll kind of take it from there. So. I'm for it. People, I have to be honest with you. know, come on, we bring the truth here. And he's lying to you because when I hit him up to do a preview show this weekend, I can guarantee you he's going to tell me that he's busy with something. It's going to be some sort of birthday dinner or workout session or dog walking uh, expedition or food shopping plans or something of that nature. So, people, I'm trying to bring you the preview show. Email us in our inbox. Let Rob know how much you want the preview show, all right? Because you know, so he doesn't he doesn't give us these give us the excuses. Don't lie to the people, Rob. I got a lot of shit going on, Mike. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry that you have all the time in the world, but unfortunately, I don't for me, have all the time in the world. But I make the time for the people, Rob. <laughs> That's the point. I make uh, the time for the people. Okay. That's you know, absolutely. I'm, we're gonna I'm keep sorry. moving. We got a lot to. We got. We still have a lot to get to tonight. All right, so we're gonna keep it moving. Uh, Rob, we talked about the tournament from from this past weekend. Uh, we're gonna bring on the man that won that tournament. Oh, the Afrofish. We're bringing on the, the uh, Mike. Do I do I want to even even say it? Uh, troop, there it is. You know, I don't. I don't. We know how I feel about that chat. I thought so, you were yeah. anti troop. There it is. I thought you were anti. I am super anti troop. There it is, and I'm going to tell Kyle when he's on about how I'm anti. I want I want to see how he feels about that chat, and I, I'm going to try to get the most honest opinion out of him too. All right, Rob. So we welcome him on uh, for the second time. He's a repeat guest on uh, Sweep the Rack. So I guess we call him a friend of the show at this point. Uh, Kyle Troop. Kyle, how are you, man? How's it going? Yo, what's up, guys? I'm doing good. Just chilling here in Akron for the day. Okay. All right. So you've already arrived for uh, the Tournament of Champions. Uh, give us a rundown of the schedule this week for the people so they know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the TSC actually kicks off today. They have the pre-tournament qualifier. Um, that finishes up tonight for the seven people that get into the main event. Uh, tomorrow we got practice session, a youth clinic, I believe, from 6 to 8. And then uh, qualifying fires up Tuesday and Wednesday, 24 games. Cut to the top 24. Uh, 24 more match play games on Thursday, Friday. And then the top five make the show for Sunday. So okay. lots of games this week, boys. 
A lot of games. Rob, a lot of, a lot of bowling to watch this week, Rob. Yeah, no shit. Kyle, how are you feeling uh, physically, man? Uh, you think you got how, – how's that been going? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel good. Um, you know, my hand hasn't bothered me at all the last two months, uh, which was good. I was a little worried about that coming into the tour. Um, I had just a few, like, slight issues the first week after bowling overseas to start the year going into Dallas. But um, shout out to Bolero and the PBA having chiropractors and stuff for every event for the players. So uh, they're taking – taking uh, good care of us on tour but um yeah just crushed the gym here in akron too uh enjoyed a day off after jonesboro but you know it's back to work okay all right and is it is that something new that they're providing on tour this year kyle they, they have chiropractors on site or yeah i think it's uh you know they've definitely added a few things this year to you know try and just cater to the players a little bit more um you know they're treating us like professionals and um you know, it was definitely helpful for me. I don't even know what I would have done in Dallas if I didn't get to see him three days in a row. And uh, so that was just really helpful. I've seen several guys using it. And uh, it's just, you know, something good to have, you know, at at our um, at our needs. What, a- a- anything else that uh, that comes to mind when, when you think about other improvements that uh, Bolero has been involved in, in the, in the, in the things that we might not see? Oh man, yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, all the money that they're uh, throwing at the PBA right now is you know, greatly appreciated, and and um, I think the shows are looking even better. Uh, they're selling out. Every every show is sold out. Uh, they're the crowd is very electric. Every show, obviously, we've had monstrous scores, so it makes it a little easier. But you know, uh, they've done a great job bringing in hype people, getting the crowd going throughout the shows, and and um, you know just providing for the players you know we've always got water at the centers we're going to just just treating us a little bit better and and uh the hype is real right now for the pba and we're all feeling it you know week in and week out here on the tour rob i want to uh i want to applaud that effort man honestly i'm really glad to hear that uh i think that that's some interesting information in terms of what we don't get to see and yeah i want to applaud bolero for those even those little efforts you know, some of those things that Kyle mentioned, like the chiropractors on site, you know, refreshments for the bowlers. Um, sometimes, Rob, it's the little things that matter in, in making these guys feel welcome and feel appreciated and, and, and feel like they're valued as, as some of the best athletes at what they do. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I'm trying to, like, get my application in to become a hype man. I'd be like the fuck master flex of bowling. <laughs> Dude, I'm like craving it every time I'm on a show. Like, I'm like, I want to be that guy. Like, let me go out there and just start getting them hyped. But uh, yeah, maybe that could be a fallback thing if if Mullen starts going south. Well, no. let's, let's let's jump to that real quick. So you you did the commentary with Fox for the uh, PBA playoffs and the and the final four. You know, I got to see you there. I was there, and uh, I you know I thought you looked sharp as hell. I'll say that, and and you did a nice job. But from from the behind-the-scenes perspective, how did that go for you, and are we going to see any more of that going forward? Dude, so uh, that was such an experience uh, just to see the behind-the-scenes stuff that the people with Fox and the production crew do, you know, um, you know, going through, like, sitting in the production meeting to, you know, how much work it really takes to put a show together. And I'll tell you, I was nervous as hell the first day, you know, rolling into live TV. You know, they're, they're really good, Rob, and – and Randy, they're really good about teeing you up with some softballs, they like to call them, just to kind of get you into conversation and stuff throughout throughout the show. But, 
you know, to see the, all the behind the scenes stuff and how much work really goes into it just really made me appreciate everything about it even that much more. And, and, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, uh, I felt, you know, I was a little nervous the first day just because it's still just bowling talk. And, uh, you know, the second day I was super comfortable, really enjoyed my time on the show. And, and, um, you know, hopefully they, we don't know if they're going to be doing more of that. I would imagine they will just because it's always good to bring in some player perspectives throughout the different shows. We've already seen Belmo was included on one of those this year. So I think it's good. The fans enjoy it as well. Just getting to hear, you know, the bowler side of, of whatever they're talking about. Yeah. I thought you did a nice job, Rob. You have uh, any follow for that? Not really, man. Kyle's, yo, he's going to take Randy's, Randy's job soon if he don't look out. But I kind of feel like <laughs> Kyle's got a long way to go, man. He's After his last title, I feel like the last place he wants to be is in the booth during the show. So, <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, and so, I'm feeling uh, pretty hot right now after that one. So we'll oh, yeah, stick I'm to the bowling. Let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your win on Saturday. Uh you know, interesting week. I, I followed all week. You know, you were 18th after round one, 11th after round two. And then, man, you just uh, you, you kind of took over a match play. You went six and two in the first block, and you really shot up the standings. I believe you finished that block uh, in third. And then the next match play block, you just kept it going, ended up 13 and three in match play, which is a ridiculous match play record, uh, especially on a dual pattern and as hard as they were pair to pair in that house. So my, my question is, is like, you didn't seem to really have it all that great in qualifying, but you crushed them in the match play. Did something click between? Yeah. Um, you know, so first off with the, in qualifying, you know, there's four on a pair. So we were seeing a lot more transition. Um, I just, my speed control wasn't quite there yet throughout the week. I was feeling just a little off different ways. And, um, but you know, and the transition on the short pattern, I had to get into resin balls and really um, open my angles a little bit, which I wasn't like super comfortable doing. But once we got to the match play portion and you know, I knew it was only going to be two on a pair, there was going to be less transition. I really just tried to use my, my speed to my advantage a little bit. Um, I actually threw some no weight hole balls for the first time. And that's what gave me, you know, a reaction different than a lot of others. Um, was, you know, it was able to just skip the front part of the lane a lot more on the long pattern. So I was able to stay much closer to right around the fourth arrow, kind of like what you've seen on the show. And um, so pair to pair for me was really easy. And I could get out to an early advantage, you know, the first three or four frames of a match and be up 20 or 30 pins. And I was feeling confident, throwing it well, and I was able to just close out a lot of matches. And honestly, yeah, I might have needed a mark in the 10th and a few, but a lot of them were pretty wrapped up getting into the 10th frame. Yeah, you put up some uh, some major numbers in match play this week. It was it was rather impressive, to be honest with you, man. I was, you know, watching and just uh, every match you were winning, and it, and it seemed like every match was a big number, and a, a lot of guys were running into issues here and there, but you were able to just uh, keep it rolling. So. You, you earn the number one seed, you know, obviously Chris Barnes climbs up the ladder. Now, now you got to face a guy that everybody considers to be a legend and you know, you're probably going to get your best effort from him. Uh, what's your mentality going into that match? I mean, you, you killed him. You shot two ninety. So how, how did you get there? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I knew whoever I was going to bowl, uh, they were going to be putting up a big game. 
Um, I definitely wasn't worried about whoever it was because, you know, I'd never been in that position before. So it was a little weird for me Friday night, Saturday night, you know, just kind of taking it all in and how to treat it. And uh, Tim Mack, you know, much love to him. Not, you know, hasn't been out on the road yet with us. Um, you know, he called me and I was just chatting with him and, you know, he said something, you know, expect to win, don't hope to win. And, you know, so many people can get in that position and just think, oh, I need one more game. Like, come on, let me get this one. You know, hope my opponent can just like ball 2-0 or something, you know, give me an easy game to beat. But, and, um, you know, that was, you know, once he said that and he also said, you know, I've been the number one seed in regional finals before. I've been number one seeds in scratch tournaments. So I've been in that moment. So don't treat it any differently. So I woke up Sunday morning and, you know, a killer mindset, you know, um, it's 10 frames is all I have to bowl. I don't care who it is, but they're not going to beat me in 10 frames. If I throw the 10 best shots that I can today with the look that I have, I don't think it can be beat. And that's pretty much how it ended up. You know, um, I had to stay super confident the whole time though, because especially seeing the scores, you know, coming up, leading up to that game, I mean, I knew I needed almost 300. You know, I told the reps after my warm-up shots before the show started, I was like, or before the uh, semifinal match, I got four shots on the pair, and I was like, I feel like I can bowl 300 on this pair. And, I mean, you've seen the, the pair was broke down really well. And, um, I mean, what a what a strike fest it was. Yeah, I actually just mentioned that before you, we, you came on as we were introing you. I said, you know, if you had that that right lane really really figured out and dialed in from the start, you know, uh, it's a three hundred, no question. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. But um, man, you, shit, you know what I need? I need Timmy Mac to like call me every morning when I wake up and give me some. Yeah, for real, man, he, dude, he can get you going in so many different ways, and yeah, it's just a great thing about our our team at Storm and and uh, with the addition of Sean Ryan this year. You know, we've been building our relationship, you know, player to to uh, ball rep, and and uh, it's been great to see the growth that we've already, that we've already made, and and uh, obviously last week was a big week of growing. So, you know, really looking forward to the next couple months that we have coming up. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, you, you mentioned this was your first time as the number one seed, and I, I wanted to ask you about that real quick. Give, give people a behind the scenes look, right? Uh, it's the day of the show. You go there, you warm up, you get your practice, and now you got to go behind the scenes and you have to hang out for a while while these first few matches are bold. You know, give the people some insight. How do you, how did you prepare? How did you try and stay in that zone while you were, you know, in the back getting ready while the other matches were taking place? That's the craziest thing, man. So, um, you know, the day started out, you know, they kick on practice lanes at like one thirty. And then um, we bowl on the pair one time at like 2.10. We, we bowl 20 minutes, then they re-oil, and then we get our shots at like 3 o'clock, you know, eight minutes apiece or whatever leading up to the show. But, you know, I was there at like 12 o'clock just trying to kill time. And, um, you know, once, once the show kicked on and I had to sit there for three or four matches, um, I was, my heart was racing. I was trying to just bowl as much as I could. Um, sorry if I'm a little spaced. I'm in the process of picking up Jesper at the airport now. But so <laughs> once then, my heart was racing, and I talked to Callahan. I'm like, bro, like my heart's just racing. I can't settle down. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. And uh, I tried to keep bowling, but um, 
I actually, you know what I did? I stepped outside. I called Jesper. You know, he went home for the week and uh, just chatted with him a little bit about some random stuff, not even all bowling related or anything like that. And, uh, you know, once I came back in, then I got in the zone, just tried to practice. Uh, kind of, you know, the strike track on the TV makes it so much easier for us to kind of watch the bowling without having to really be right behind the pair. We can see where the guys are playing at the arrows and everything. And, um, you know, probably five frames left in the semifinal match, that's whenever I started treating my practice shots like I was on television. That way, whenever I came over for my eight shots before the title match, I would be able to give the best shot possible, and I was already in the zone to, you know, try and throw ten strikes. Okay. All right. Awesome, man. Uh, so – we haven't talked to you in a while. It's been a little while. A couple, of, you, you've had some big moves since we we, we last uh, linked up for an episode. Uh, you you won the Elias Cup with the Portland Lumberjacks, man. Uh, big things. To talk about that. We know you missed your flight the next day. They were paging you at the airport. It had to be a decent there. celebration, I would imagine. I was there to turn. Yeah, man. You know that. The uh, the celebration was one of a kind after winning the Elias Cup up there. You know, um, the years that we've been there and getting so close for Portland that one time, it was just that much more special to win that. And and the way we did to take down LAX and just domination, the uh, the crowd celebration on the lanes was like nothing we've ever seen. It's a moment I'll never forget. You know, I go back and watch it sometimes and just you know grin from ear to ear. But it was really special for so many people, not just on the team, but the fans there in Portland. And um, I'm itching to go back, man. I might even take a vacation up there in, like, May just to get a little pregame in before the league starts. Yeah, that was, um, that was yeah. funny. Mike, yeah, when I was up there, it was hilarious. We were in the terminal. There was a bunch of us, and uh, they just started paging his name. And I was like, ah, <laughs> he's not making it. And then it was just hilarious. Like, just out of nowhere, they started paging his name. I can only imagine just a lot of the bowlers sitting in the airport the next morning hearing my name being paged. Oh, that everybody got a good laugh over that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I just went on a later flight that day. Yeah, we, <laughs> we weren't having that. Yeah, it was too funny. Uh, so let me ask you: This is uh, you got any good stories like of now that you've been bowling and you've been on TV consistently, and you got any good like rec- like people recognize you outside of the bowling alley type stories? And uh, my second follow up to that would be: Has it led to any? success with the ladies that have seen you on tv you know i mean that's because see that would be my whole thing if i made the tv and i'm a single guy like i would be trying to like use that and you know hey like did you did you watch fs1 this past week you know you see me so like have you been able to uh... yeah so (laughs) there's definitely been yeah i get recognized a ton uh nothing really like too crazy like no like over the top crazy fan but it was pretty cool just walking through airports uh I went to the gym today and was sitting in Chipotle all sweaty and nasty. And they're like, Hey, are you Kyle Troop? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking like a bum, but, but, um, and yeah, I mean, of course being on TV, picking it out, looking like a boss helps with the ladies, you know, uh, Barstool sports hooking me up with the pound town article at the beginning of the year. That was uh nice and fresh. And then, yeah, uh, you good. know, Flo came in with the, uh, the bachelor video and yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep running with that as long as I can. So, um, <laughs> Yo. single, Enjoying my life, trying to be the best baller I can. Yeah, so, I'm gonna live vicariously so through him. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the airport and somebody like wants to, you know, it, has there ever been a situation where somebody doesn't they may they recognize you but they don't remember your name? What do they yell at you? 
oh, I mean, they, you know, they're like, hey, the guy with the fro, or they'll just say fro, or, you know, just, they just, most of them just yell afro. And then, of course, I'm going to turn around, because how many people have an afro in an airport? Yo, the bowler with the afro. That's what I, that's what I imagine. Yo, world. you're the dude with the fro. Yeah. yeah Weird. No doubt. That's awesome. That awesome. <laughs> but no, it's all, all fun. Right, you know, it's humbling. You know, anytime people recognize me and stuff. And uh, just so tells, you know, shows me I'm doing the right thing, helping the sport out. No, it's great. The, the, the ability to be recognized is awesome, man. That's what you guys need. That's, that's kind of part of what we're trying to do here. I mean, Shit, man, listen, I, mu- I would much rather have you doing an interview with Barstool right now and sweep the rack. But, you know, I even tweeted at them to make sure that they – Hey, I tried to work on them a little bit last year. I'm going to message him, reach out and message him again about coming up to the league this year because that needs to happen. Like, definitely Yeah, they could. And listen, yeah, I, I tweeted at them uh, yesterday. You know, I tweeted at them and let them know that uh, that you won just – was tagged me. I'm sure they get tagged in so much shit. It's probably unbelievable. But yeah, um, I mean, I sent him a DM yeah, one I, time and got a reply too. So yeah, okay, all right, uh, yeah, that, that was awesome, and that kind of exposure is great. So keep doing what you're doing. But uh, you you brought it up earlier, man. It's uh, it's major February. You know, a couple majors coming up. You made a major show last year at the Players Championship. You're bowling well right now. You got to feel good going into this stretch, no? Oh man, I feel unbelievable right now. Um, you know, this is the biggest month of of the year. You know, biggest month of of every tour season is February, and we know that going in. And I couldn't have asked for a better finish in Jonesboro. Um, you know, the only down the only downside from Jonesboro is I missed probably six spares in match play. So I do know I got to clean up my spare game a little bit, especially going into the majors. Um, you know, you can't be giving away pins after forty eight games of bowling, but. You know, I, I was feeling really strong the first two weeks. I felt like I bowled well. Um, I made the cut the first week and missed the cut by 150 when I thought I bowled well, so I just wasn't matched up. So, um, I mean, physically I feel good. Mentally I'm getting stronger every week. And, um, you know, it might be a little difficult to find that same zone that I was in on the show because that was kind of a – only been there a few times in my life. But, you know, uh, just trying to treat it like the next tournament, you know, We'll leave the win in Jonesboro because now we got more tournaments, you know, bigger events moving forward. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. A lot of a lot of biggies coming up on the sky. I mean, Hunter G. And I want to get more TV time because I only had ten frames on television, so true. I want to get back on there again. I need more well, Hunter G. Hunter G's this weekend, man. You know, that's that's serious money. That's serious money for you. Yeah, guys. Hunter G's. I mean, yeah, we got some big cash the next couple of weeks coming up in February. So it's a lot of late. Yeah. Um, Listen, you you were at the PBA playoffs. You know what the vibe was like in that place when there was a hundred G's on the line. I mean, it was oh, it bro, was crazy. It's, uh, it's it's great. It's a different kind of vibe whenever you know the fans and everybody knows there's a hundred thousand on the line. So it's uh, it's going to yeah, be great. I can't wait to be a part of it. Hopefully, bowling for the hundred G's. I agree. Well, good good luck to you, man. As uh, as major February kicks off. Uh, Listen, I don't, I, you know, we don't want to be negative around here, right? But, but I got to bring up one negative thing here, because uh, as I said, it's been a while since we talked to you, and like, I'm not going to say too much about it, but man, that Bolero Elite Series, man, you know, that uh, that four nine, the four nine, man, I was, I was, yeah, I was really, man, I, I was feeling for you, man, I was, I mean, I was, yeah, I was really feeling for you in that match, and uh, that was a tough one, man. Yeah, the Bolero Elite Series was tough last year. Um, you know, actually, I had two really tough losses. Obviously, the 
the bad break on TV, losing to Luis was tough. And it took me a while to get over it, honestly. Like, it took me three or four days to get over it. And then it uh, opened up a, opened up a new side of me and you know, kind of used it as motivation. And then actually at the, the one at the end of the year, I lost to Belmo by a pin in the second round. So after losing to him at the playoffs and then popping off another loss by a pin, it was definitely getting to me a little bit at the end of the year. But, you know, um, you know I, I took a week or two off, tried to just start a clean slate for the new year. And you know, it feels good to get a win early because I've definitely been tired of losing. I've been making a lot of shows, a lot of third places, fourth places. And uh, so it feels to kind of get the, the win monkey off my back, so to speak, again. And we're ready to hit the ground running. No doubt, man, and we'll we'll, we'll be watching for sure. Uh, Kyle, we know you're up in storm. We saw you throwing the uh, the pitch black in the in the phase two, I believe, on uh, on Saturday. But uh, other than storm, who else is supporting you out there, man? Yeah, man, you know, storm's got my back. Uh, Vice, you know, Vice Accessories. They've they've been with me for a few near few years now. Bowler X, uh, unbelievable retail store, and everything that they do with me. I actually just currently or just recently signed with Coolwick. So uh, that's actually a new adventure I'm going down, so stay tuned. we got a lot of stuff coming up in the next week. And then, obviously, the Fish fan with Team Fish. You know, the boys got my back. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep swimming along. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, man, uh, you know, they talked about it on the show on, uh, on Saturday, and, you know, everybody's aware that, that your mom has a, a battle going on. And, and, I, you know, as I told you today, in a text, you know, my, my dad also battled bone cancer uh, several years ago. So, you know, from Rob and I, from the show, we just wanted to let you know that, that we're keeping you in our thoughts. And, uh, you know, we hope things go well for your mom. I know that she follows us, so we want to give her a big shout. Mrs. Troop, if you're out there and you listen to the show, we're riding with you. Stay strong. And, uh, Kyle, we just wanted to let you know that. So uh, safe travels. Good luck. Have a great week this week. And listen, I, we're looking to see you on the show for 100 G's this week, man. Hey, man, we're going to make it happen. We didn't make just one show this year. So, uh, you know, thanks for the kind words and everything. The, the prayers are much much appreciated, I believe. She got a lot of prayer warriors after that show. So things are going to be good with that. And, and um, you know, thanks for having me on the show, too. You know, I really enjoy getting on here, shooting it with you guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to cross paths soon coming up as well. Absolutely. You you have an open invitation whenever you want. You know that. Hit us up and uh, yeah, t- tell Jesper we said what's up and uh, safe travels and we'll we'll get him on too soon. All right, guys, sounds good. We'll talk to you. All right, Kyle. Good luck, man. All right, man. Later. All right, so Rob, uh, o- always good to hear from uh, from Kyle. You know, uh, one of the most entertaining players out there, man. <clears throat> expect to win, Mike. I don't know why those three words kind of hit me hard when he told me about like Timmy calling him and telling him that. It's just crazy how just three words could change your mindset uh, bowl on TV. Expect to win, Mike. I, I like to make a shirt out of that. You know, sweep the rack, expect to win. It's pretty pretty awesome, though. It's, it's awesome, great hearing his, uh, his feedback and just kind of insider input on Bolero on what they're doing for the the pros out there with a chiropractor and uh you know doing a lot of other uh, cool stuff for them and not just not just the money Mike I feel like the other things are are, are kind of important too you know yeah great to hear that 
Great to hear that. Love hearing that. Uh, you know, I, I really thought it was interesting to hear from him about his first experience as a, as a top seed, you know, and, and how you have to go behind the scenes and kind of um, stay in that zone and stay in that mindset. And, and he was struggling with that a little bit. But I got to say, his, his confidence was high, I thought, watching the show. So, uh, you know, he obviously he, he did a great job in dealing with that. So, uh, yeah, always, always great to hear from him, man. Uh, like I said, one of the, the most entertaining, one of the most popular players on the PBA tour, I would say. Um, and, and, yeah, as he said, you know, he's feeling good, Rob. He's feeling hot. Uh, the biggest part of the season is coming up over the next few weeks. So w- would it be a surprise to see him on a show this weekend or no? No, absolutely not. And uh, hearing him out, like physically fe- him feeling good, is um, really important, especially he's got a he makes match play this week. Mike, he's going to have to bowl twenty four games to match play on top of the qualifying. So, and then all the games he bowled, and not just the one game, Mike on the TV. Think about all the practice and the warm up shots and everything else that kind of goes into making a show. Like it's a lot of bowling, and I don't think a lot of people understand how much of a physical toll that could take on your body. Uh, so it's important that he feels good. But, I mean, I, shit, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he led the freaking thing, honestly. Like, coming off a win like that and how he won, you know? I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely good to to hear from him, though. He's a, he's a funny dude, man. I could talk to him about uh, him getting recognized outside, like, in a Chipotle. Like, I just I love hearing those kind of stories. Yeah, I, I need to I need to see video of somebody yelling, uh, "Hey, hey, guy, the bowls with the afro in the airport." I need that. Uh, all right, Rob. So we're going to uh, keep it moving for the people here, and uh, we we are bringing back a skit, Rob. So good, I can't wait. We're we're bringing back uh, regular people watch bowling. Okay, so uh, this was this was a popular one with, with people. So uh, it's not that we ever really canned it. It's just that uh, we hadn't done it in a little while. We hadn't really come up with any ideas of regular people that wanted to do it. So uh, I, I got somebody, and uh, Rob, we're we're going to get into it with regular people here. All right, let's do it. Night, we are going to bring on uh, one of my homies from work. That, uh, that I teach with, who's also a teacher in the same school that I work in. And uh, his name is Brad, so we'll bring him in. Brad, welcome to Sweep the Rack. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, so, Rob, one thing that I should stipulate before we start to get Brad's observations here uh, and introduce the skit is that Brad is actually related to somebody uh, in the bowling community, Rob. Hmm. Let's see. He lives in lives in your area, right? So, well, no, no, not really. No, he's a, he's a no. transplant like me to the Jersey area. So, <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not going to find it out that way. Um, uh, yeah, actually, I, I'll say like a deep bowling family too. Uh, he his cousin yeah. is David O'Sullivan. Oh, okay. So nice. you know, if anybody's listening to this show and they take umbrage <laughs> with anything that Brad says, they can contact David O'Sullivan. Don't even bother reaching out. <laughs> We're just going to put you in his direction. So, and uh, shout out <laughs> to the show. Uh, so, okay, the the show that we sent Brad Rob was the 2019 Lubbock Open final match between Sean Rash and Dick Allen. 
Okay, and there, you know, we, we usually just kind of randomly select a match. Me and Rob will talk about it a little bit. But we sent this one because we just recently had Sean Rash on, right, Rob? And uh, he mentioned this match. You know, this was something that came up in past, and we told people go back and listen to that interview for all the gems that he dropped in there. And this was one of them because, you know, the match, uh, if, if you remember it, has a very dramatic ending. Uh, and, and things definitely could have gone a different way, uh, could have gone Sean's way as opposed to uh, Dick Allen's way. So we're going to throw that match out on Twitter, Rob, right once we, uh, once we post this episode? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so we'll put it out on social media so you guys can check it out if you want. And uh, you might want to put this on pause, go watch that match, and then uh, come back because we're going we're gonna to start here. We're going to get Brad's observations all right, Brad, so you, I explained how this works to you before. All the listeners know how it works. They've heard it before. You can take it in any direction you want. You watch the show. <laughs> Give us some observations here. Okay, so I, I watched the show, and I kind of went in order from the beginning to the end in my observations. And one thing I did notice in the very beginning uh, was the kind of the tutorial in which the, the uh, Fox Sports kind of gave – the, the average fan of, of kind of how things went and, and how things were playing out. And I thought that was very interesting because not really knowing the intricacies of bowling, they kind of broke it down, I, th- I thought, in a very good way so that people could understand what was happening and what was going to be going on and, and the different um, uh, oil patterns and so forth. And I thought that was pretty interesting because, again, you know, to me, you just look at it and you take the ball and you throw it down the lane and, whatever pins knocked down. Congratulations. You just did it. Okay. All right. So, so Rob, I guess one thing we should mention is that all of that is new, right? All of that is because Fox took over. They amped up the graphics. They, they kind of got more technical with it. Um, so Rob, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a, a props to Fox to try to uh, educate the, the average or the non bowler right and i think that's important so it's a good observation i i, I kind of really believe that it's it's a good uh fix for uh for bowling at least on tv okay and, and right. also and one, of, one of one of my other graphics that go with it is, is as what i really like and and this comes from like the analytics side of things at one point in the match they would show and they would almost like split the screen on the right hand side they would have graphics like trajectory and the ball speed and spin rate and things like that. And the way things are sport, regular sports are going now, like the major sports, that's where it's all going now. And I thought it was, again, an interesting concept that Fox would do to get the average fan to understand, okay, well, if you throw the ball in this trajectory, you know, you hit this pocket or, or in between these pins, that's kind of where, you know, you want to be throwing it. And then they would show you where the actual ball went. In, in the throw, and I thought that was pretty interesting, which, again, carries with the original graphics. Okay. All right, go ahead. Keep it moving. All right. Uh, one thing, I, it was way too quiet. You need a little bit more music, a little more energy into the, into the mm-hmm. you, know, in, even, you know, maybe not during, I understand they have to, you know, stay focused and stuff like that, but, like, after they throw the ball, they play something. I think I heard one time, of which I heard there was some sort of, like, energy into the crowd. Mm. And I was just, you know, you just need a little bit more. And, again, you know, I think, you know, in, in between timeouts of, of or in, during timeouts in basketball or, 
you know, football or whatever, you know, you hear the music and they're trying to pump up the crowd and get them excited. It just kind of was lame. Okay. In my opinion. Right. Fair enough. Rob, uh, you want to comment? The- <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've had numerous discussions before about the inconsistency of the music on the show. Just more of like, either could be consistent with the music, play good music, or not play it at all. I feel like they've been kind of sporadic, uh, show to show, with playing the music and I know we had some beef about what kind of music they were playing. I mean, it was just like really kind of really cheesy, like wedding music, like funky <laughs> chicken, the YMCA. I don't know. I just kind of feel like they could have done it. Yeah. I don't know if they played yeah. funky chicken, but I'm just um, saying, right, okay. I don't want to be inaccurate, Mike, but I'm just. No, but no, listen, it's a, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good observation because, uh, you know, yeah, we have talked about it, and th- this is something that they kind of struggle with, Brad, where some places they go, it's easy to create that type of environment, and other places it doesn't seem as easy to create it. So they kind of like try and, and, and find a balance is the thing that we've talked about. But all right, go ahead, keep going. And, and, but, but a quick question on that, though, is, is do they have a one DJ that follows the PBA around, or is, is every spot that they go to, are they just pulling some random, you know, guy who could play music in on it hmm. that's a good do, question do you know? what do you think the answer know. to that is i don't know who's i don't know have any idea what's going on yeah this, I, I don't you know I mean, if you if you had if you had a dj that was you know traveling with you know the pba and was i guess sanctioned by them i guess maybe it would keep it a little more regular you know mm-hmm. con, or consistent as you guys you know Right, so I know in Maine when they go to Bayside, which Brad is is like known as the the most raucous place that they go. Uh, okay, they have like in house DJs there who come in and mm-hmm. they're really good. Like they they kind of know the crowd and they know the vibe that okay. they're trying to create. So yeah, I, I can Yeah, I wish we had an answer for that. We'll try and get an answer to that though. But all right, go okay. ahead, keep it and, moving. And that's another. But another question, another observation is how come they're all small markets? Bayside, Maine. You know, North Brunswick, Lubbock, Texas, Madison, Wisconsin, as they mentioned. How come they know? Do, do they go into Boston, Chicago, New York, Philly? Do, do they hit those no. big cities, or is it just not the the want there or the? No, I think I think that's the answer. Like, there's just not. For, first of all, I would think that there's not quality bowling centers in big cities like that. Rob, would would you kind of agree with that? I don't I don't know a lot of big cities, but I know the East Coast and like, you know, the nicer bowling alleys are going to be in those smaller towns, you know, kind of suburban places, as opposed really? to the middle of the city. Uh, particularly Philly comes to mind for me in that regard. But yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, just knowing like knowing New York City and being living in downtown Chicago, uh, there is no bowling alleys in downtown Chicago that could house a bowling like a PBA event, all the bowling centers now are those like eight lane or 12 lane lucky strike or one of those type of like DJ, like global type high end bowling alleys. I think New York city's pretty much the same way. I'm not sure about mm-hmm. Chelsea here, but like mm-hmm. that bowling alley, yeah, New York city, but yeah, like okay. I don't think the tournament, they'll, they'll, they'll charge the PBA probably like $9 a game to, to, to have yeah. the tournament there. Yeah, so, so Brad, like, if you want to host a PBA event, and I, I believe this is the case, I know it used to be the case, but if a center wants to host a PBA event, they actually put up money to host the event. Is that still the case, Rob? 
You know, I don't know. I don't want to comment on something that I don't know, yeah. but I would imagine so. Okay. Yeah, so so that that could be a factor too where the, those centers might not have as much interest. But, you know, you just made me think of something like Bolero, Brad, the place that owns uh, the bowling center in North Brunswick that we're familiar yep. with around our area. Uh, they just bought the PBA tour. So Right, okay. You know, I, remember, I remember seeing that and, and hearing that from you. Yeah, their, their flagship center is in Times Square, I believe, or somewhere near Times Square. And, you know, it would be interesting, Rob, to, like, see if, uh, if, if a PBA tournament would be possible there. You know, and, and what kind of buzz that that might generate. Now, I know back in the day they had a PBA show in, uh, I think it was Bryant Park, in New York City. So okay. you know, I, I know that that was something they did in the past. I went to that. I think it was like 1998. Um, so yeah, they they've tried things like that. But I'd be interested to see if they did something with Bolero and their flagship center in the city. You know how that would go like outdoor. Would, yeah, yeah. If it would like, generate like an outdoor, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been good, good and bad experiences in bowling with the outdoor thing. So, you know, oh, they've done it before. Yeah, yeah, they've done, they've done it a few times before. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't want, Mike. Let's not bring up the the PWBA uh, tournament. Oh that my god. god. Uh, that <laughs> so, so yeah. Just real quick, Brad. Like one time they had a an outdoor show in. Uh, it was Reno, correct, Rob? Yeah, it was. Re- <laughs> yeah, and like there must have been a dust storm or something, or like oh, dust in the air, sand in the air, and it all got all over the surface of the lane, and it okay. basically dried up the lane and made it like a basketball court. And all the all the you know the females that made the show, they all had to throw like plastic balls, which are traditionally spare balls, because the lanes okay. were were so burned off from it. So they've had some bad experiences. There's also been some good ones. They had a, an outdoor event in Miller Park, um, you know, that I don't think was very well attended uh, from what I've read mm-hmm. historically. But uh, they did do that. And, yeah, like I said, in New York City they did it. So, you know, fair, fair point. You definitely got me off track there but gave me something to think <laughs> about. So, all right, go ahead, all continue. Right. Uh, honestly, I know we've talked about it before, the oil on the lanes. It just doesn't look right. It kind of actually, like, makes me not want to watch because it's just like a blue streak down the middle. And what, like, why do they put it on? Is it so that the average viewer can see it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, am I, am I no, all I, naive? No, I think that's a great observation because I feel like the PBA is doing that so that the average bowler or non-bowler understands uh, how uh, there is oil on the lanes and how it moves, uh, like, almost every shot, even even when there isn't any balls going down the lane, the oil is always moving, and they call that transition. But I feel like right. they make it visible. People like you who don't watch, you know, any or, or, or a lot of bowling understands that part of the game. But for you to go on the opposite end of it and say that I, you don't like that, to me, it makes me kind of laugh because it's trying to do well, the opposite. But, you know, it, it, I think I get what they're trying to do, but to be honest with you, when you've got three feet or, or – five feet of blue and then all of a sudden it's it's wood look again and then there's some more blue like it just doesn't look right you know, you know I what think, i mean like it yeah. or maybe it could do a different color yeah so that's one thing that's being talked about is different colors to re- to indicate different things about different lane patterns um okay the other thing you make me think about is that rob like if you looked at these lane patterns on a graph 
they really don't look the same way when they're applied to the lane. Do do you agree with that? I mean, I never really, to be honest with you, paid attention to it. See, you're too too much. You're a lot more of a bowling nerd than I am. I, you noticed that shit. I don't. I don't even. Yeah. So, so like, I just, I don't know. When when they first started using it, I just thought it would look a lot different. Like, I thought you would be able to tell where the the pattern is tailored and the different volumes and set. So, and like, yeah, I, I get, I get what he's saying. It's kind of just, uh, you know, you don't, you don't really see much from it. But I will say this. If you watch on Saturday uh, this weekend, they're on on Saturday, they're bowling on two different patterns, and one is longer and one is shorter. So you should be okay. able to see a difference between the two. Um, so in some instances, it might make a difference. But, yeah, again, uh, good, you know, good observation, fair. All right, go ahead. Okay. Uh, one other thing I noticed is that there's, like, no emotion from the bowlers. Like, I don't know, like, you know when like a, a guy hits a three pointer, you know, and goes crazy, or the guy makes the tackle and and you know does like the uh, you know grunts and and flexes, like the guy hits a strike and just goes and sits back down. You know what I mean? Doesn't there's no emotion in it? Mm, Go ahead, Rob. Mike, Mike. How long have I been stating that when in in regards to emotion with the bowlers? You know what? Here's the thing, the reason why a lot of bowlers don't show emotion while they're bowling. Some of the best in the, in the world, guys like Walter Ray Williams, uh, and, you know, guys just don't have any emotion when they're bowling because if, they're, if their emotions get too high, uh, then it's harder for them to calm their heart rate down for the next shot. And it, it affects, okay. physically, it affects, like, their game. It's almost to the point of, like, golf. You don't see a lot of golfers uh, showing emotion after shots uh unless it's a tiger like putting for a win for example mm-hmm. but like, you don't see golfers getting really emotionally high either because they have to like keep their body relaxed in order to make uh the best sh- quality shot uh in the in the next shot since the shot usually is going to come within 30 seconds to a minute after um but okay. you'll see some, yeah you'll see some emotion every once in a while if you get a really emotional player someone like a, a pete weber on on the show who's uh, n- notoriously, probably the one of the most emotional bowlers in, of all time. He was uh, the guy with the sunglasses, right? You, he you wears sunglasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. I remember seeing him, like you know, hearing about him and stuff. Well, I, I got a follow-up question here, Mike. Uh, I'm going to ask um, Brad a question here. Uh, as a as a non-bowling fan, mm-hmm. what would it take? What would it take for like for you to become a fan of? the show and for you to watch it every week without us pretty much making you watch it for this, for, for this <laughs> get on the podcast. Uh, I, I will be honest. There are times I do turn it on mostly because to have a conversation with Mike or to talk about it with him at work or, or when, you know, at occasions that we do hang out, uh, what it would take. I don't know. It's just, you need more excitement. You need more, not drama, but like you need that, notoriety with the guys entertainment yeah the notoriety with the guys you don't know these guys and you know these are some of the you know best players in the world that are coming out here but you don't know anything about them because Mm. for how long they weren't found on a tv show Mm. you know i mean were they on a major network for how long right yeah they were on a major network on espn for for a while i mean when it was really popular they were on abc 
And then they went to okay. ESPN, and the popularity kind of dwindled down over the years. And just last year was their first year on Fox. And the numbers kind of okay. spiked up in terms of, you know, viewership. And, um, you know, there was just a lot of positive news around it. Well, I mean, like, here's my thing is, like, it, it, poker, right, is a good example. Poker is, is, is one of those kind of sports that is, is, is kind of boring to watch. I mean, you kind of know it's just people sitting playing cards. But I think ESPN did a really good job when poker was at its high point of, like, actually uh, doing clips and getting to know people outside the poker game, like, during the show. So now let me ask you, like, if, would, it, would you have felt found, uh, found it uh, more interesting if, let's just say, Sean Rash, right, was going to be bowling that championship match, and maybe they did, like, a three-minute skit of who this guy is outside the lanes. Like, you know, maybe they yeah. took a tour with his house, or they, like, maybe showed some interesting things about his life. I mean, is that kind of what you would want to see more of? Yeah, I mean, you know, to get to know the guys a little bit more as far as who they are and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that that would be nice. Um, you know, just to, yeah, but you don't don't you don't know who these guys are. You know, and you just don't know who where they come from and 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 things like that. You, you know, can, I mean, you it's, it's, form it's, a connection, right, with the with the ball. Yeah, you just, they just you know they just put them on the TV and they're throwing the ball down the lane and they're doing things that you know normal people can't. You know, with the curve and, and the spin and things like that, but otherwise you don't know anything about them. So there's no mm. connection. The reason yeah. why people, <clears throat> you know, watch some of the major sports is because there's a connection to the athletes. Mm. You know, they're they're connected to the look at Kobe Bryant, right? Right, right. People yep. are still you know are still connected with him, and, and he passed away a, a week ago, and the tributes are still coming in. Sure, they I have that connection that. with him. Yeah, a good a good. A really good uh, like connection, or or really, or is a NASCAR, dude. These people mm-hmm. love their drivers. They will yeah. die for their drivers. If they're, they're Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, all these guys, they wear their hats, they wear their shirts. They don't. They hate yeah. everybody else, but their driver, right? Right. And but they're, but they're being but they're being pushed out there though, you right. know, because they they their their logos are out there. So oh, he drives the M M&M and M car. Oh, you know, he's number whatever 42 48 you don't you don't have that with the bowling community they just they're kind of secluded mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think oh wow we're, we're, man we're going deep here all right do you have anything else for us <laughs> uh just kind of you know maybe some like nicknames or something dick alex on rash you know there's nothing there again it kind of comes back to like the excitement level you know, Ooh, uh, the announcers, the announcers were kind of lame. <laughs> you know, the guy, the guy wins on the last shot, you know, gets to, gets the eight pins and they're like, okay, and congratulations. And he's the winner. Like no flair, no excitement. Uh, that's true. Okay. Mike, you know, a, good, I mean, a good skit coming where we're going to start making nicknames for the top 10 bowlers. Mike, what do you think that's good? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, this match was, you know, uh, Dick versus Rash. You know, even the guy, even the guy's the his post his post game thing was like, yeah, thank you very much. Takes the trophy and just walks away. There was no, there was nothing there. Right, I love it. It's so good. Fair enough. All right, listen, this was uh, this was good, Rob. We love hearing from the regular people watching bowling, though. 
Yeah, I mean, it gives such a, a, def- a different perspective than we have when we're watching the show. But, Mike, does he not sound like me giving criticism? Like, does that sound me this whole last two years of, or year and a half of doing this podcast every time I'm critical of the show? Does he not sound right. like me? Yeah, I mean, d- definitely same, set, same points, right? But also, you know, you're both New York guys, so, I mean. Right, no, I was going to say. Not a lot of surprise there, so. All right, uh, it's a New York cynicism, man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't want to keep you all night, Brad. We appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for making yeah. an appearance on Sweet the Rack, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you man. very much for having me. You guys are great, man. We listen to the podcast all the time. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, his wife told me. Yeah, we listen to the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell do you two listen to the podcast for? Yeah. Like, it's all bowling. We support you, man. Yeah, yeah man, that's no a good time. We support you. It's a good look. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. No doubt. All right, Brad. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. All right, guys. Be good. No doubt. Oh, Rob, always a good time. Always a good time. Regular people watching bowling. <laughs> I love, dude. I love that skit. It just gives such a good perspective of like the the non the non bowler, like how they can get interested in the sport and what people like that have to do or, or people like that are saying so that the, the powers that be that might listen to this show could maybe try to do more of on future shows. And that's important. I feel like if the PBA is not doing that, where they're not bringing in like people that don't bowl and, and, and sit there and do a marketing research or uh, what is it called? There's a specific kind of like marketing where they'll bring in people to watch shows and then get perspectives. I feel like it's a great like start to, to try to bring in new viewership. All right, Rob. So that about does it for this week. Uh, that's kind of what we got for the people. Yeah, it's a great episode, Mike. I, I think this was one of the, the, the most fun episodes we've done in a really long time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always have fun. You know, I think there's always <laughs> some, gem, some gems in each episode. But, uh, yeah, before we get out of here, uh, a couple things, Rob. Some, some old, some new, but all exciting. Uh, first, we want to remind people we have our Kegel contest going. Uh, get your entries in. Let, let us know if you want the trip to Nashville. Get the full lane man experience, behind-the-scenes look from Kegel. And, again, we want to thank Kegel and the Kegel Training Center for uh, providing that prize for us. So we're looking for entries for that contest. And, Rob, uh, tonight we're going to kick off a, another new, uh, much more simpler contest. You know, obviously, with Kegel, we're giving away a trip that's, you know, well over 1000 bucks for, for, for that trip, I would imagine. So, you know, a little bit more complicated, a little bit harder to win the prize there. But uh, we wanted to do a, a, a little bit of a simpler contest uh, for people that want to go on to iTunes and give us a review and, and, and give us a – a star review and also a comment review. Rob, we're going to leave it open for uh, four weeks from today. So today is uh, uh, February 3rd. We're going to leave it open for four weeks from today. Uh, At the end of that four weeks, and you know what, Rob, even the people that have already commented, uh, we will definitely include them up to this point. So we'll consider it open from the beginning up until four weeks from now. And anybody after four weeks from now who has commented and given us a review on iTunes, uh, we will put you in a pool uh, where you could possibly be selected. And the prize we're going to give out is a brand new bowling ball. Mm, I can't wait to put my uh, 
put my review in because I could really kind of need a bone ball. So, oh, <laughs> uh, you're on, you're 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 on fake staff. So, what do you want to hear? Fake yeah, staff. What do you want to hear? Yeah, no, it's, I, I, it's, it's he, he doesn't even bowl. He doesn't even bowl. What? And he's oh, no, just look. Get the hell out of here, look, please. What do you, Look, here's the deal. Like, it's not hard, people. All you got to do is review us on iTunes and follow us on social media because that's a big one, too. I'm not going to – Mike, we're not giving out a bowling ball for someone not following us on social media. So okay. it's going to be right. social we'll media. Include we'll include that, even though most likely everyone who's listening to the show is probably following us. Leave us a review, easy, and then we'll put you in a pup pool, and we are going to give you a blank – bowling ball now mike do we know a bowling ball probably not yet but we are definitely going to give something out no we'll work it out you know we'll work it out whoever the winner is they can contact us and uh and we'll work it out i think the problem is rob like i don't know how popular this contest is going to be because uh with the way things are in bowling right now like it's probably likely that about 78 percent of the people that listen to this show have a ball contract like you so there's probably not many people out there that need a bowling ball. So those of you that are listening that don't have a ball contract, make sure you go and like and, and review on, uh, on iTunes because your chances are probably super high to win this contest. Mm. You know, sometimes I, I, I get a little bit subtle uh, jealousy that everybody's on ball staff but you. So maybe that's the issue, I think, here. Maybe let's, you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, it's already a long episode, so I, I feel like – you know, well, let me tell you, if it's, if it's you that doesn't bowl and me that doesn't bowl, yeah, I, I deserve to be on staff as much as you do. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, listen, you throw it good, but I throw it good too. So, you know, we, well, we, mean, can, we can go tit for tat there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really care about it. It doesn't really matter all that much to me. So, all good. Uh, in terms of our social media and following us, uh, Sweep the Rack on all platforms. Uh, sweep the rack at Gmail if you want to get those contest entries in for the Kegel contest. Uh, the details of that are on our Facebook page. Check it out there. And, uh, Rob, that's about it. It's all we got for the people. Cool, yeah. Uh, looking forward to the TOC this week. You know, I'm going to be uh, not, not that busy, so I'm, I'm going to be checking out some bowling this week for sure on Flow Bowling. So uh, you, you heard Kyle. Uh, they practice tomorrow in the qualifying uh, so you said it starts uh, Wednesday, correct? Yeah. Cool. And the show oh, yeah. uh, the show Sunday at uh, five o'clock, I believe, which is Ooh, which is interesting because it's like prime time. It's prime oh. time, but it's like it's you got to wait all day for it. So like I don't yeah. know how that's going to affect my plan for the show. Like I don't know. You know I might have to yeah. I might have to alter the menu mm-hmm. based on yeah. PBA show being on at five o'clock. I don't know. Thought um, into that, but. Yeah, we'll see. I'll be watching during the week. And listen, people, you heard what the man said. So when you don't hear a preview episode pop up later in the week by surprise, just go back and listen to this. You'll understand why. Exactly. All right, Rob, take it easy. Maybe maybe I'll talk to you later this week. Maybe not. If not, enjoy yeah. the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with the people. All right, later. <clears throat> Thank <laughs> you.
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 